0: Newsbreak Podcast.
1: everyone, welcome to Newsbreak Talk this afternoon. I'm Tharee Shari Pashad, keeping you updated, keeping you company. I think as you celebrate your long weekend, yes, it's curtain time now for Heritage Month. It's a very special month for all South Africans as you reflect on what makes you truly South African. So today, we're just going to go back and look at the months and views and thoughts that we've had. Some interesting interviews that we've brought you on um, the issue of Heritage Month and and uh, assess your voice. Can your voice, get your sense of it, but I think at the same time, it, it, it also comes at a specific, um, specifically this week, I think, it's really brought a very sad issue to light and that's something we've been discussing a lot here and that's the issue of social cohesion because that remains a national goal, doesn't it? And we've had so many discussions about it, um, you know, racism has really reared its ugly head in the past I think three years and and really exposed some cracks in in the hearts of many and and some wounds that still exist from the apartheid era and you know one often says 24 years into democracy there should be a little bit more of a cohesiveness Is it there or is it not there? And we're always asking you that. I think this week many were shocked with some racial slurs that um, emerged on social media, uh, specifically against the President of the Republic and some derogatory terms used there. And one then wonders, are we a society that's still... Reverts to that old system of thinking, to that old use of words and language and actions and 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 thoughts, um, when it comes to dealing with people who are different th- from you. And if that is the truth, then it's a bit worrisome going forward as South Africa celebrates Heritage Day, as to what it truly means to be South South African. So I'd love to know your thoughts. But before we do that and we take that conversation a little bit forward. Um, so some interesting stories that we've done this month that really i think represented to us that there's a great pride in south african heritage whether it's heritage brought from india whether it's heritage that came from the Khoi people whether it's heritage that came from the zulu fields of KwaZulu natal uh, of the uh, zulu monarch it just really represents that There's a great connection that South Africans need to be mindful of, need to tap into, and ultimately need to create a sense going forward. And one of them was the fact that citizens are encouraged to visit a mosque that would be open to the public. Now, the South African Muslim Network, or SAMNET, urges South Africans to try and understand Islam and Muslims as part of the country's heritage. SAMNET spokesperson, Mohamed Karwa, says the uh, the creating unity is key to bringing together various religions. Karwa says participating mosques in Durban and Johannesburg will be open on Heritage Day, that's tomorrow guys and this is a bid for you to understand more about the cultures around you
2: The the intention and the goal over here is to be able for us as all South Africans to share and to celebrate um, our history, our shared history and the contribution of everybody to the country in terms of its diversity So it is very, very important for people to have the opportunity to come in and see um, what other faiths, other cultures, other religions, other, you know, just just people who are, uh, who make up the the rainbow nation of South Africa um, actually experience and to demystify some of the things that that we don't always spend enough time, uh, I think, sharing and learning about one another. Uh, and Heritage Day is exactly that opportunity. So what sort of programs would
3: be available on Heritage Day for people that want to uh, visit a mosque?
2: program basically will be determined by each mosque based on its facilities and, and its location, etc. But generally the, the principle would be that you would come in, uh, the time frame is 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, so if people can be there you know, at 2 o'clock, um, the guidance that we've given to mosques um, is that they would uh, have a short tour um, that would uh, take you through the facilities. They would have an explanation about, um, you know, the, the process uh, of making a do, for example, which is washing before prayer. Um, then they would have a discussion around the, the, the facilities themselves um, and possibly uh, even depending on their timing and their facilities uh, do things like Take them through to some of the classes, the Madrasa classes. Um, some of them, in the past, have done videos where they've explained uh, different, uh, uh, you know, prayers. Uh, and what happens at at mosques as well, Um, the direction of prayer, what the significance of that is, and to be able to get an understanding of of what happens and, you know, the timings of the prayer, the call.
3: Which mosques would be participating in this initiative?
2: So the best way to actually identify which mosques are participating is to visit the Samnet website, which is www.samnet.co.za, and it has a list of mosques there. The list, uh, you know, includes Places across the country. So we've got some in uh, in Durban, um, you know, around Naval, Reservoir Hills. I'm looking at the list right now. The Great Street Mosque is always, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. Queensborough, and then heading across through Phoenix, uh, and then going through to places like Athlone uh, Retreat. Um, then also in Johannesburg as well.
1: And that was Mohammed Karwa from the um, South African Muslim Network talking about the mosque open day taking place around Durban and Johannesburg. Tomorrow, it's a significant way to, um, I think, you know, open up the conversation about each other to other cultures, other races, other religions, to understand um, what people in South Africa do and why that's, part of your heritage, you know, everybody is linked, we understand, so that was an interesting initiative there by Samnet. Um, I think the aspect of many uh, m- many um, South Africans who don't have a uh, African language background to learn more about African languages has been a very significant point this heritage month and we've been spending a great deal of time talking about that and um, we managed to um you know spend a lot of time with young people eager to learn isi zulu in a bid to become more south african they say now a durban teenager is celebrating her south Africanness by breaking linguistic and cultural barriers 13 year old simran mirisha pillay of um, indian origin has been speaking fluent isi zulu since the age of two she's not a zulu speaking girl by tongue but zulu by culture as well this heritage month Newsbreak's Talisha Naidu visited Pillay and compiled this report. Dressed in traditional Zulu
4: attire, donning pretty pink flowers on her head while she dances to the beat, 13-year-old Simran Mirisha Pillay celebrates the diversity of South African cultures. But don't let this teenager fool you, speaking fluent Isi Zulu is not her hobby but actually her home language. In fact, it's the first language she's ever spoken. The grade 8 Mountview Secondary School learner from Verum, north of Durban first uttered South Africa's most widely spoken language at the age of two. And her first word was...
5: I started speaking isiZulu by the age of two when I went to Isisulu Kresh. names name is Tole Care Center Kresh. And there was a gogo, Mrs. Tole. There she she was a loving person and uh, she taught me is.
4: Passionately speaking what is now her mother tongue language, Pule has also developed a distinctive Zulu accent. She says being able to speak the language fluently often takes many by surprise.
5: They were shocked because I was uh, Indian, so they thought uh, I only speak English. They didn't know that I can speak Zulu. They were like, wow, you speak Zulu for the first time we saw Indian speak Zulu.
4: Phalip proudly embraces her language shift. She says speaking Isi Zulu has always been her secret weapon. She recalls how understanding the language helped her during an unfortunate bullying incident at school.
5: I was walking in the corridors in school and there was a boy who told me I'm very really ugly and I told him to go and look in the mirror who's ugly and his beautiful. <laughs>
4: Clearly Simran lives up to the adage, dynamite comes in a small package. Radiating confidence, the teenager says being able to read, write and speak Isizulu puts her on the same playing field as her counterparts.
5: Who is it helps me a lot because when I first went to school there was a girl that said I'm very beautiful in Zulu that I was sitting next to and she didn't realize that I speak isiZulu, Zulu. So I just told her in Zulu, thank you. And she was like, Wow, for the first time you speak Zulu. People talk about you a lot, especially in high school. So I think that most of people has to know is Zulu
4: Halei strongly believes that being able to communicate in isiZulu will give her an added advantage when she pursues a career in the entertainment industry. Her mother, Roshni, believes that the world is now Simran's oyster.
6: I'm thrilled that she speaks isiZulu because uh, in her future... It'll be a benefit to her because for today's everything that you think of doing, whether you go to study, whether you go to university or college, this Zulu is up front and it'll be a great benefit to her because it's a stepping stone in her life.
4: South Africa is well known for its kaleidoscope of rich cultures and traditions. As the country commemorates Heritage Month, this born free is proof that the dream of a rainbow nation is not history, but a tangible reality. For Newsbreak, I'm Talisha Naidu.
1: Doesn't get more South African than that, does it? That was a specifically interesting um, look into a young... South African who identifies her mother tongue as being as being isiZulu, very, very proudly South African. I think it really sets the trajectory for South Africa to go to create this one inclusive vibe, this one inclusive um, sound, this one inclusive space. But, you know, then that leads to the point, where does that leave Indian origin languages, which is what, you know, um, indentured Indian laborers who were you know brought to this country um, came with and does it have a place in this country does it not have a place what is the point of it can you speak it in in a south african context is it relevant and i wanted to have that discussion and we spoke about it a few weeks ago with a great resounding response um one of the most i think eye-opening perspectives on it was by suvasa ganes who's in great 10, uh, sorry, Suvasha Ganes, who's in grade 10. She learns Tamil at Solvester Secondary. And she says, it's not a question about what you're going to do with the language, but rather how it makes you more vastly knowledgeable how relevant is the indian language of Tamil in modern south africa
7: i think what's really important is that many children a part of our generation have forgotten their roots especially with the indian culture and we aren't that much inclined as we should be with our heritage and cultures i think that like with for our generation and youth i think it's particularly important for us to be able to date back to our roots and understand our culture and our languages
1: so, take me through the challenges that you then face, you know, as a modern South African, possibly not using the language of Tamil at home. How challenging is it now to learn this language?
7: Um, it is quite difficult, but I think I've been able to adjust because I've learnt it from a really young age because I, besides learning Tamil at school, I would learn it outside of school as well at the Sri Amparamal Temple. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a specific Tamil school, so I think that I've been able to adjust to it, but it still is really difficult being able to understand certain things and grasp the knowledge behind it.
1: If ever there's a criticism that what are you going to do with Tamil in South Africa, how do you respond to that? As
7: much about what you're going to do with the language. It's about the fact that you actually know your culture and heritage, and you're able to understand what your ancestors went through to get this far for you. But more, of, I think it's just about you being able to have that sense of cultural identity towards and to be drawn towards your religion and form some sort of relationship with the people within your family. But I, I think that even in terms of it being able to be used in South Africa, it's just about you being able to be a more vastly challenged person, so you're more versatile in the languages that you speak, you're more versatile in the way that you think, and you're better able to understand the way in which languages and different cultures interact with one another.
1: We live in an era in South Africa where we're told to create this own unique, modern South African identity. By learning Tamil and understanding more about that culture, what is it doing for your own identity as a South African? Is it making you more Indian origin inclined, or are you also broadening your horizons by embracing the South African spectrum?
7: I think it's both. I think it, it allows me to draw closer to my roots of being Indian but secondly it just allows me to get a better understanding of the fact that South Africa really is a diverse nation and we really come from many different cultures and religions and I think that's something that's very important. It just gives you a global perspective of like the way in which religions inter- interact and the various languages that exist within a society.
1: Could you say something in Tamil for me?
7: Um, Yen peir <laughs>
1: what does that mean? My name
7: is
1: Swasha Ganesh. Swasha Ganesh, talking about why learning your mother tongue gives you a broader perspective on your current South African circumstance. Important lesson and I think that that really was an education I think for myself and Rachel Wadi who produced that talk show to really understand that you know that um, I'm learning my mother tongue and I may not be able to go up into a legal space and use it, but it really broadens my perspective of my roots and ultimately makes me a better person that fits into the tapestry of South Africa just based on my, um, I think, linguistic perceptions from the language. But another interesting point that 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 I think we spoke about this Heritage Month was um, the lessons that learning a Indian origin language can leave you with that would make you a more ethical human because uh, the reasoning is that a lot of these lessons structured on Indian language comes from age-old texts which you know really speak of ethics and morals and values and by learning a language you imbibe those so we got this lesson from a tamil educator rani naika who explained that to us
6: Learners are very very eager to learn um, eastern languages um, right now because they're not exposed to it at home, but they do understand that it's part of their culture and heritage and their past. And because they don't have this opportunity to learn it at home, and the fact that they ha- they are given this opportunity to learn it and be exposed to it for free at school.
1: What does it do then for the learner? How does knowing their mother tongue enable them to become better citizens, I think?
6: That's a very good question. Um, I think... The lack of uh, models and values and respect amongst the uh, younger generation uh, and even some of the not so younger generation stems from the fact of them not having learned their culture and heritage. Because the basis of learning an Eastern language is learning models and values. For example, if you're learning Tamil, you don't just learn to read and write Tamil. We have books on morality that are part and parcel of the lessons. Um, the books that were written like over five thousand years ago, and uh, children are taught values from those books it 's making a difference in the lives of those learners who are, who are actually taking on the languages because they 're learning the the, um, the models and values and everything um, and hopefully it can be extended to you know to more learners who um, we're just hoping that more learners come on board and, and try and learn it because it makes them better citizens, better, better children, basically, not just um, on the, to the country as a whole, in their own homes, with their peers, with their elders.
1: How have communities realised the need to protect their mother tongue? Um,
6: so I think, you know, every day when we take up the newspaper and we start to read all these things that's happening in the newspapers. And I have to say that, sadly, uh, every headline that pops up at us has Hindu surnames you know and, and you ask yourself where did we go wrong as a community um, you know it's, it's if you look at it, the, the, when, when you, when it when you see a headline that says murder or, or some crime thing it's always uh, a Hindu surname and I'm not being sectional or, or um, you know uh, when, when I'm saying this uh, but we actually did go wrong uh, where we started to let go of uh, the importance of our culture, the importance of, the importance of our society learning, our community members learning the language. And when t- children get too modernized and move away from it, and they get too westernized, you know, that's, that's what happens. Um, they sort of don't care about what happens, uh, you know, morally and in every other way. I mean, we see proof of it in the newspapers every day. So uh, there are community, community members who are coming together. I think it would be a good idea for, even for parents to actually attend the classes with their children and be able to learn it so that it's something they can do together as a family because a lot of families now are not even doing things together.
1: And that was Tamil educator Rani Naika talking about you know, the benefits of, of that um, Learning of Indian origin language, so those were some of the interesting you know discussions we've had this heritage month um I think of course, looking at it from a more um I think a broader perspective, almost a bit more of a social perspective, um, as opposed to merely just celebrating your heritage and the significant things that you do within your culture and your and your religion. We looked at it on a more of a uh, inclusive, inclusivity perspective. So that is basically the celebrations that many South Africans are undertaking. When we come back, we talk about um, this issue of social cohesion and really what is the heritage of social cohesion because is it really realizing its goals and objectives? Stay tuned to newsbreak talk and also give me a call in a short while.
8: Do you take good care of your verge? Does your verge contribute to the beautification of your road? If yes, then take part in the Atagwini Municipality Verge Competition and stand the chance to win great prizes. To enter, go to www.deben.gov.za forward slash city services forward slash parks recreation to download the application form. For more inquiries, contact 031 322 4025. Competition closes on the 28th. Of September 2018,
0: we bring you the stunning allegations of an apartheid-era paedophile ring involving high-profile politicians. While a few victims came forward but remained unnamed, critics are demanding evidence of the shocking reports. Over three decades later, will an official investigation be launched into the Bird Island child rape allegations? Watch Special Assignment Sunday night 9:30 on SABC3
1: news break talk today with me tadesh and i think the interesting point also that has been um was the issue of you know racism and i I think attack using derogatory terms um back in the limelight this particular week and i'd love to know your thoughts you can talk to me about that you know of course the issue that i'm talking about about um terrible language used in reference to the president and would love to know your thoughts on it you can give us a call it's 089-310-8789 and um you know we are talking about issues of social cohesion so yes your thoughts on that you know when you look around you and you hear of reports like this of of, of various races um you know attacking each other often and uh saying using derogatory terms like this what sort of indication does it give you about the future of South Africa from a heritage perspective? You know, is it really reaching its objectives or not? Mm-hmm. On that note, while you get ready to call me, I've got a text from um, Rajin Rajkumar from Cape Town. He says... A Heritage Day and month is set aside to celebrate our diverse cultures, traditions and beliefs. This should be ongoing and not only this month. While we hold our heritage close to our hearts, let's extend our hands and hearts and show respect and tolerance toward our fellow South Africans and people from the international world. Let us unite in our diversity. Let's uphold our constitution and be proudly South African. This is from Raj and Rajkumar in Cape Town. Well, there you go. I think a very patriotic um, very patriotic message coming through. But yeah, you can also give us a call today and tell us your thoughts on this heritage of social cohesion. Where is it currently and where should it go?
6: The views and opinions
4: expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM
1: Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Mr. Louis Pele, hello there. Good afternoon, Barry. how are you? Very well, thanks. Enjoying the build up to heritage today.
3: Is it? So someone has to spoil our week. Never I think so, it. though. I I think, that's the sad
1: part of it, Mr. Pelé. Yeah.
3: I think, you know, for people to think like that, we are actually going backwards in life. We're not moving forward. So that person does not know what is diversity as well. So, you know, these strong hopes of what is going to happen is a sad case. Like we had coloured neighbours former. almost years, and we had black neighbors on the other side, you No, know, we grew up together, and to find a guy make a statement like this, a black neighbor that stayed next to us every year when he comes to teachers, he'll give you such a big bunch of teachers from his tree, and it, it, it was an ongoing thing for years, and to find a person talks like this now, in this day's time of age, you know, I think, you know, if if the court has to actually summon him you should make him clean the community toilets especially like the phoenix police station and the sports stadium all over he must clean the toilets for a month and then you will realize what he said is wrong thank you perish
1: thanks so much mr pali for your call uh, I think that's the, the general sentiment that has been um, coming through the outrage. The fact that, you know, at a significant time like Heritage Month, you would get um, slurs like this. But yeah, you can give us a call and let us know your thoughts on this heritage of social cohesion and we'll take the conversation forward.
9: We expect a lot from our bodies. They handle stress, late nights, demanding sports, questionable nutrition. Yet what do we do to put back in what life takes out? Well, you can start by supplementing your immune system with Immunizer, the nutritional and immune support supplement South Africans have relied on for 10 years with 11 vitamins, 12 minerals, 8 essential amino acids and sterols and sterolins.
3: Immunizer, your unique triple combination immune support supplement. Available at your pharmacy. Do you want a career in business law, business administration, catering, ecotourism, hospitality and human resources management, marketing, operations management, public administration, public relations, quality, retail or maybe tourism management? Then apply to study at the Faculty of Management Sciences at the Durban University of Technology. Apply today by the Central Applications Office. Visit our website www.dut.ac.za
1: for more details. DUT. Learn. Think. Do. News break. Talk today with me, Taresh Hari Pashad. We are talking about the heritage of social cohesion. Um, and, yeah, anything else you'd like to talk about uh, in terms of Heritage Day? It's your time. It's your long weekend. So you also get to um, speak about, you know, important issues that are close to your heart right now. Um, let's go to Selvin on the line. Hello, Selvin.
10: Hi, good afternoon, uh, Taras. Uh, firstly, my sympathies to the ANC about the loss of the minister. She was a wonderful person. The other thing, Taras, you know, it saddens me and I'm embarrassed. And the uh, Indian community has allowed me to do this on behalf of them. I want to ask to distance ourselves from Casey Nair. As far as I'm concerned, he's an opportunist. I mean, he was a councillor. I don't know what fallout he had, but some guys say he's probably got a psychological problem. But if he's trying to seek attention, then he's getting it by us talking about him. So a lot of people said, "Must just ignore him. And I'm asking the rest of the nations, in terms of social cohesion, to please accept the fact and remind themselves of people like Billy Nair, the, uh, uh, Ahmed Katrada George Shupasad, and look at us in that light not in the light of this little fool that we had here so basically I'm saying social cohesion time we need to work and then I, I was very happy to hear about the people going together for the functions sadly not the rain brought it down and there are hundreds and hundreds of people who would love to see us together if this is one or two bad weeds that bring us down so we, people must please pardon this and let's go on together South Africa is going to come right thank you Taresh.
1: Selvin, appreciate your call. I think a uh, very, very uh, impassioned plea coming through from Selvin. Very important as well to distance oneself from it. But I often do understand uh, that um, when, you know, you, you you look at the nature of this, you just wonder, um, you just wonder about the impact and the ramifications that it could have um, with regard to, you know, on the ground what happens now. How are races viewing each other after outbursts like this? Um... I think that becomes the major concern let's move on quickly to whatsapp and we got a message through I don't have you a Sharon I think it is good afternoon Newsbreak team I personally think more should be done to bring into light the struggle of Indians in the fight of democracy There should be documentaries on TV about the Indian plights and struggle today you find Indian children um, take everything for granted and totally unaware of their forefathers struggle Um, And I think that is important to highlight. More education is required, so South African Indian of descent and African descent youngsters can understand their struggle and fight is for the same plight and to live together in harmony. Amazing. Sharon, I think that's a wonderful point about um, doing more, understanding more. Um, And, yeah, I think um, I mean, that's something we've been trying to do here, I think, on Newsbreak Talk I have to say, in terms of those beautiful stories and you know it's it, it's 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 also an education for us sitting here on a on a weekly basis going through those archives and educating um you know south africans about the struggle and the interesting thing is and i think the interesting thing for i think journalists like us who constantly sift through it and listen to the uh, stalwarts talk about their their relationships um uh, you almost get a sense that a lot of the rhetoric that is being spewed out now by individuals is so misinformed and misplaced because when you talk to the people who actually literally fought the struggle, whether they were in solitary confinement, whether they were exiled, you know, whether they had to uh, you know, lose their family members because of, of the struggle, and they said the togetherness that existed in that space, you are my brother, you are my family, we are working to one common goal of bettering Africa, that was the sentiment on the ground. One then wonders how it has, um, you know, mushroomed into a warped reality of that, a warped representation of that with the, the racial uh, and the racist rhetoric that we're currently seeing. Well, you know, when you talk about that togetherness and you talk about that unity, I think one of the first things that come to mind is Ahmed katrada and of course his relationship with um you know father of the nation nelson mandela brothers family uh, they were inseparable and that's just such a uh, to to date that is just such a um special national story and the Ahmed katada foundation are you know, they've um, re- recently created the Anti-Racism Network of South Africa. And they're doing a lot of dialogue and um, outreach work to create this issue of social, co- to, ca- to create this goal of social cohesion and to, um, you know, dispel it as well. So recently, the Ahmed Katrada Foundation condemned the racist slurs uttered in the video by Casey Nair. Communications officer at the foundation, Zakhira Wadi says, society has to put programs in place to address people who um, make such racist remarks.
9: The foundation is deeply concerned following this particular video that has come out yesterday and has subsequently gone viral. We are condemning it an attack on the dignity of all South Africans. And I think South Africans are in a way represented by the President of the Republic and therefore it's an attack on all of us. And particularly for the foundation, President Cyril Ramaphosa was our former board chairperson. What is the foundation's stance on the issue? From our side, what we're saying is that irrespective of the type of grievances that people have about the country or various situations, there's no way that people can use racist material, hate speech, or dehumanize any person, irrespective of their position. It's unacceptable. It cannot be allowed. And I think it requires the widespread condemnation from society itself. From the foundation side, we're seeing a very disturbing trend, not just This recent uh, racist incident, but it's preceded by a whole range of others. Um, We've had the Lodzhna Mudli incident, we've had more recently Adam Katnabela making a a racist statement via video as well. And it's concerning for us that racists still feel comfortable to demean other people very blatantly, very publicly publicly through social media. And I think we should use this occasion to reiterate that racism is not only unacceptable in society, but it's illegal. Through the Tiki Mohambert case, with we've seen how the cases like this can be criminally prosecuted, can result result in people paying fines and people even serving jail time. How do statements such as these affect society? When it comes to these cases of racism, It results in social instability, in tension in society that I don't think racists understand the level of. I mean, it takes one racist incident to spark a situation that can become very uncontainable, that can wreak havoc, especially in a society like our own, that's deeply scarred from apartheid and that has high levels of inequality as a result of racism itself of the past. And how should society respond to such issues? As as a response to this, I think we need to look at solutions. So as a society, we need to look at how different sectors respond to issues of racism. So for instance, if there's racism at a business or at a school, someone, a teacher makes a racist comment. Those institutions need to have policies that outline how to deal with racism. So we're not starting from scratch when a racist incident takes place. I think, similarly, it's important for families to discuss what measures to take place racist family members. Also, I think on a broader level, we should be discussing as a society what should be our response to racism. Um, so on the one hand, we can have criminal prosecutions; we can have the court penalizing people, which is very important to put a stop to overt racism. But I think we need to be discussing as a society what should be the rehabilitative processes that races undergo. Do we just want people to issue an apology as we've been seeing in previous instances? Do we want people to be doing community service? Do we want them to be going uh, undergoing some form of, of anti-racism training? And I think society must come up with these solutions
1: Communications officer at the Ahmed Katrada Foundation, uh, Zahira Wadi, talking to Newsbreaks. Rachel Wadi. interesting. There's the two Wadis. but it's your turn to tell us your thoughts on this. The, you know, the the heritage of social cohesion. Is it really realizing its goals and what is needed? Often we speak about um, calling out racism in the moment it occurs. So if you in a space and somebody says something racist what do you do and also it's about trying to understand what is keeping racism from rearing its ugly head all the time um is it socioeconomics? is it uh, finances is it greed is it i wonder what the reasons could be you could share them with me i'd love to hear let's go to the phone lines and we've got sanjay on the line hello sanjay
3: hi good afternoon yeah, go ahead. Yes. Uh, I condemn racism, uh, oh. or whatever aspect. But believe me, the way this whole issue is going about is totally incorrect. Because how does the hawks get involved? And who laid the charges? You know, the person that laid the charges, uh, he is not even now involved. And uh, the hawks only come in later. And how does a hawk make arrests? The Penny Sparrow, all these people were never arrested. So, you know, uh, personally, I take offence to it. It's racism in opposite. That's my opinion. Thank you.
1: Mm. Interesting point there, Sanjay, talking about why do the Hawks have to get involved? Uh, Yeah, well, I think... um The case has been now gone, it's, you know, it's been moved to the Viral Magistrates Court and um, I think we're going to be keeping tabs on that. So, yeah, these are questions where we'll definitely get answered for you. Um, The issue of, I think, the, 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 I think one of the big issues um, that one can notice is that there seems to be, and and this comes at a time when I think Parliament is still, um, you know, Putting, pr- promulgating into law the Anti-Hate Crimes Bill, uh, the Anti-Hate Crimes Bill, which you know, seeks to provide clear legislation and parameters on um, you know, the, the, uh, holding people who s- spew rhetoric like this out in public to account. Uh, taking that into account, one gets the sense that the law is getting stricter. And one can view that in terms of the sentences being handed down. I know Vicky Monberg's uh, sentence was really considered a precedent at the time. And this comes at a time when, you know, the Anti-Hate Crimes Bill is going to be signed into law, which is going to really make it more difficult to uh, spew out rhetoric like this. So I think interesting times and a valid point as to, you know, the level of attention this case has got. And like I said, we'll be keeping you updated and informed about that. Stay tuned to Newsbreak Talk with me, Tarish. Previously on Newsbreak Talk. The elderly voiced their concerns against crime.
3: It's really scary, man. Now we're old people, you know, we pensioners and uh, we can't fight off these people.
1: And psychologist Dr. Sharona Rawat recharged the conversation when she explained how to balance mobile device usage for children.
6: The technology and things should be something that enhances the child's actual life and not the other way around that becomes the main focus. So parents need to monitor and manage it. They need to bring rules in.
1: News break talk every Saturday and Sunday at 1 o'clock with me, Tare Shari Give your views a voice. Whether you like it or not, the truth has a way of coming out. I never
0: have I ever made out with a stranger. <laughs> never have I ever had to do the walk of shame. <laughs> We're all <with> some... <laughs> <Well, older>, eh?
8: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag WTF2 meet Mondays and Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Only on SABC3. <laughs>
0: Stunning allegations of an apartheid-era pedophile ring involving high-profile politicians. While a few victims came forward but remained unnamed, critics are demanding evidence of the shocking reports. Over three decades later, will an official investigation be launched into the Bird Island Child rape allegations? Watch Special Assignments, Sunday night, 9.30 on SAVC3. On 6 October, EFC returns to Carnival
2: City as Scotland's Callum Murray brings the fight to the undisputed champion, Iga Kabessa This Sunday, watch when Kabessa first claimed the EFC title against wrestling phenom, Hanru Bueta. All the action, all the glory with EFC. This Sunday at 10 p.m. on SABC 3. Brought to you by SABC Sport.
1: It's news break. Talk with me, Tarish. We are going to be talking to Ben Madokwe from the Active Citizens Movement in a short while and find out his, issue, his thoughts on the heritage of social cohesion. But let's go to the phone lines. David on the line. Hello, David.
3: Tareesh, thanks for taking. While uh, I do agree that this is not a correct word or words to be used,
1: Yeah.
3: let's go back right at our doorstep in the city council seems to be a blow-up of the work that was used on our city treasurer. I'd like views to, uh, the views of uh, our listeners to come forward and express their view on this. Thank you.
1: Okay, thanks for that call. Let's go to uh, Mr. Dubu who's called back. Hello, Mr. Pillay.
3: Yeah, I think, Duresh, you know, Cyril Ramaphosa took it down to himself. To visit with. And he also went to Ottawa to visit the mosque. I mean, he was there for the people. And he's our president. And anyone talk against our president. And he's the president of South Africa, the president of ANC, doesn't matter which one. But he is our president of South Africa. So we've got to take his part. And anyone talk against him, we've got to go against that as well. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Mr. Pillay. Appreciate your call there. We've got uh, Ben Modokwe joining us from the Active Citizens Movement. Of course, Ben has been very instrumental in that organization and they often spend a lot of time talking about social cohesion. Wishing you a very happy long weekend, Ben.
2: Yes,
8: yes, I had a very good uh, weekend so far. <laughs> so over yeah, uh, it's far. not over. Yeah,
1: with, uh, not over. yeah but Ben, I think we're talking about you know this this the significance of Heritage Month, and I think from a you know civil society perspective, you know, help us understand firstly how significant is Heritage Month in today's current circumstance in South Africa. What should South Africans be reflecting on? Uh,
8: I must first greet you, and your you, are cherish. Now, thank you very very much for the start. No a heritage month is very important to all of us because it's where we reflect on our cultures and where we are coming from uh, They say a nation is good as it because of its cultures and its people so as a nation you must you must be able to celebrate your cultures and also your your heritage and people should appreciate uh, their cultures yeah. so as civil society. We think that uh, by bringing different cultures together, that's where you're able to come up with solid uh, 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 programs or solid uh, things to take the country forward. So if people from different cultures didn't come together, we are not going to achieve
1: what we have achieved in South Africa. Yeah. Ben, before so, we go, Ben, before we talk about social cohesion, because that's like really the focus that I'd like to leave South Africans with in this current climate we find ourselves in, I want to ask you though, and, and through the month of reporting on Heritage Month, um, the sentiment coming through is that South Africa is, um, you know, diverse. There's so many types of um, cultures here. You know, you've got Zulu, you've got Hindi, you've got, um, you know, Islamic music you've got Afrikaans music everything you know can fit into one tapestry I want to ask you though are all cultures traditions respected are they given enough accordance and space to flourish in the South African tapestry
8: no uh, not necessarily because what I'm finding is that uh, uh, the cultures are treated differently those who are in the majority get more exposure You take your Zulu culture, it's more celebrated because it constitutes a majority of South Africa and the coastal culture. So when you talk of other cultures, you talk of your Nebeles and uh, your Shanganes and so on, they don't get uh, much exposure. That we need to address because uh, each nation or culture should be able to be celebrated equally. Because I wonder, so I, think, I, I think it could create... Everyone could feel that they, they, they
10: appreciate
1: it. They appreciate that's, it. And it could really yeah. create a lack of motivation, Ben, when you have a small you know, minority cultural or linguistic group saying, well, I'm never ever taken seriously, so why, do, why should I even bother being part of South Africa? I think that's the risk. But moving on, Ben, I think that was a well-established point. But moving on, Ben, I want to talk about um, the heritage of social cohesion. That's been a major focus for your organisation. The, the issue of social cohesion that has oh, yeah, been yeah. a major focus for your organisation. Where does your You know, where does South Africans find itself with regard to social cohesion currently?
8: Yeah, the problem is the, is the people who are coming with the, uh, hidden agendas, where they want to come and divide the people. Because they, if you recall. Before we attained democracy, there was no one pointing fingers that uh, Indians are like this, uh, Zulus are like this, and all of, of all of that. But suddenly now, because we have achieved democracy, people are—that is my view—people are, 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 are ripping the fruit of democracy. They start pointing at different uh, uh, groups and say these groups. They generalise. They say Indians are like this. Solos are like this, Toursos are like this. Because now they want to divide the people so that the people won't be united as in the past. So the call is that uh, people must not be misled by few individuals. Uh, and uh, and uh, they must know that uh, they are there to save the purpose. If you are a Hindu, you are here as a South African as much as you are a Hindu. But you cannot be undermined because you are a Hindu because uh, certain people, they don't like the Hindus. Or they don't like the Muslims and so forth. Yeah. So uh, I think those people who are spreading that uh, rumors that uh, certain groups uh certain are having certain privileges because they are uh, Hindu, they are Muslim or whatever. Yeah. They do that 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 yeah. must not be entertained yeah. by but, the but general don't... public.
1: Ben, it's been happening, and I think in this particular week itself, we've seen a great bit of racial, you know, rhetoric against, I think, you know, the president, Sylvester Ramaphosa being, you know, called such derogatory terms. Um, yes. I want to ask you, though, what damage is it doing? Because these, converse- these incidents are taking place. I think there's been so many racist incidents this year. What damage is it doing on the ground now? Our South Africans, as they go to celebrate Heritage Day tomorrow proud to be South Africans when everybody, or you often get a sense that racism still exists?
3: Yeah,
8: you know, the, problem, the, the issue of racism, racism is, is is everywhere in the world. So there they are always going to be people who perpetuate racism, even in South Africa. So those people must be isolated. Uh, you cannot do away with uh, racism uh, and say you have, uh, uh, have uh, achieved uh, 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 dealing with racism. There are certain people who just pop up and uh, 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 continue to racism from all different uh, 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 cultures. You come, There are those who are blacks who, who will be racist. There are those who are white, and then those who are Indians who will be racist and, 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 and uh, release a racist, racist statement. But what we need to do is to uh, appeal to the general public not to
1: entertain those uh, 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 individuals what about, what, what, what about talking about it Ben? I know talking has is is been regarded as a, a major way forward, in fact your organisation you know, has held a lot of social cohesion dialogues, I know I uh, you know, facilitated one of them uh, here on Newsbreak Talk uh, hmm. talk to me what talking is doing, is it really you know, rece- yielding any results? Do people want to listen about each other's circumstance and move forward?
8: Yeah, we can talk about it so that we can uh, be able to uh, sensitise most uh, of the general public and the citizens. But at the end of the day, those who like to divide people won't uh, fold their arms. They will continue doing what they they do the do, do best. So that's why uh, we need to teach those young ones that are growing so that we capture them while they are young. Because you must know this thing, uh, Teresh. Those people who are old enough, who are 50-something to 60, they have their own uh, way of doing things. So uh, they know that uh, their time is up. So they want to spread their own message. The the thing that we must do is to teach the young ones that they must tolerate each other. It's good because the the young ones that we have these days, they go to school together. You find in the schools the Indians colored, whites, children they go together. So yeah. they once this generation goes, the new generation comes, you these incidents will disappear. That is the the feeling that I have. The because expectation, the young you know. people won't take this uh, uh, thing of racism and take it for yeah. Because they they do, they, they don't they, they 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 come from a different uh, perspective.
1: Yeah. Altogether. Yeah. Ben, well stay on the line, Ben. We have much more to talk to you as you wrap up the conversation. Ben Modoki joining us from the Active Citizens Movement. Stay on the line, Ben. But to the phone lines, let's say hello to Sheila. Hello, Sheila. Hello. Hi, Sheila. Good to hear from you.
11: Okay. You're talking about heritage?
1: Yeah, we're just talking about, you know, social cohesion and various thoughts on heritage.
11: Alright. I just believe that there's got to be unity and diversity. Diversity because we all have our own culture and traditions and everybody should be able to practice that culture and tradition without um, being oppressed in any way. Mm. So. That is what heritage is about. But if you're talking in a South African context, of course, we have diverse cultures in this country, and everybody, uh, according to the Constitution, are allowed to practice it. And that has got nothing to do with racism. Now, racism is a totally different story from heritage. Um, it's people's thoughts, a mindset that has to change. So it's how you are raised, in your home, how you are raised in your surrounding. And uh, uh, and if people are raised in the correct environment, uh, with the correct mindset, then there's no need um, for anybody to worry about social cohesion because it's already happening in our schools. Everybody uh, all go to the same schools and they are learning about different cultures. They yeah. Like this particular day you're having, they're going to celebrate it in schools, mm. And each mm. one will, uh, in some schools, each one is allowed to even wear their own traditional outfits, et cetera. So they learn from each other. And schools should enhance that.
1: Yeah, mm. wonderful. Thanks so much for that call, Sheila. We'd really appreciate it. Schools should play that role to enhance it. Interesting point coming through. Anonymous is calling us now. Hello, Anonymous.
2: Ah, yes, uh, good morning. Yeah. Um, Although I agree with the words that were supposed to be mentioned as how uh, she actually approached the subject. However, um, I have personal, and I'm also telling this in, in terms of that because the presidency has not replied and come to court with me to regards to the racism that I've been faced within the municipality. And I've got a letter stating from the municipality for the racism towards me. So where we got to redress the issues and stop saying and shrugging it around the grounds and under the carpets is that there is racism even by black people. I have the African friends that are supportive of what I'm doing because they're seeing the racism by the municipality and government.
1: Yeah, okay. Anonymous, we understand your point. Racism I think in the workplace also being questioned. Well, yeah, interesting points to talk about and something to take forward. Um fully don't really understand the context of what Anonymous was talking about there, but uh, clearly an issue that Anonymous is raising over there. To the um, WhatsApp line very quickly, um, and then we're going to wrap up our conversation. Um, Rajan Rajkumar sent another text, and he said uh, it was speci- specifically interesting, very much in line with what Sheila was talking about um he sent a picture, actually, on our WhatsApp about a whole young group of people at starting primary in Cape Town, all dressed in various, um, you know, cultural garb. And he says, this is social cohesion. It starts at birth at school level. It's a beautiful picture you sent through Rajan. Thanks so much for that. Um, I think... A uh, great message coming through from narisha shuraj from carltonville on north kauteng we must go forward as a nation not as a race those that speak against our country or our democratic president then let it be the individual's own view don't include as indians as a group to get their views across don't interfere with the future of our children Wonderful point. You know that's so important, Narisha. The impact these kinds of messages have on the future of young people. That is something that is very important to consider, the dangers of of, of having this kind of rhetoric being spewed out. Last message from Mrs. KwaZulu-Natal, a beautiful message. In my observation and experience over the past years, I think many young Indians are not very aware and enlightened about the plight of the indigenous people of our country. The fact that the indigenous were brought to a point of becoming a better society. By the apartheid regime, and a normal society was broken up to develop into have-nots and a percentage of criminals. We need to upgrade ourselves ASAP in regard to our relationship, attitude, and respect of our indigenous people. Because as human beings, everyone has a right to dignity. We can start by learning the local language in our areas and speaking respectfully to the indigenous community. Mrs. Mohammed, she goes on to say. with regards to indigenous people of our country, we as Indians need to learn uh, or at least read up about the history of indigenous people of our country uh, from around 1910 and the beginning of the decline of the indigenous people of, of our beloved country, South Africa. Beautiful message, Mrs. Muhammad. But yes, Ben, as we wrap up, you know, your thoughts on South Africans to consider on uh, various issues like this of social cohesion as they move on into Observe Heritage Day tomorrow. Ben? Okay, I think we've lost Ben, but yes Ben was joining us then from the um active citizens movement, and I think well, it brings us right now to to wrap up the program and uh, I'll just remind you that police minister Becky trelle is. Expected to be visiting Phoenix, the triple murder that took place. A mother and her two daughters were killed. Lots of developments taking place. Their news break will be reporting on that. We'll bring you exclusive coverage on that between 6 and 7 tomorrow. You listen out for the latest on that. And this broadcast came here courtesy of the team executive producer Salma Patel Rachel Vadi. And we're back again between 6 and 7. From me, Hey, have an awesome day.